What, what am I supposed to say? I've never listened to a podcast. You're listening to Big Wheel Coaching Podcast. You're, you're, you're listening to Big Wheel Coaching Podcast. Big podcast. Brian McCulloch here with Big Wheel Coaching. Hey, you're listening to Big Wheel Coaching Podcast. <laughs> Hello and welcome to another edition of the Big Wheel Coaching Podcast. We are remote today and I am coming to you from Rendon Physical Therapy. The I'm in the treatment office. I feel so special and I'm with Abel Rendon, a dear friend of mine and someone who's going to talk to us about myofascial release and myofascial therapy. It's something that for us as athletes, I think is extremely important to understand that's available to us because Abel, you've said it so well, you said something about wellness predicating performance and we're going to get into all that. But, uh, I think before we do that, welcome to the podcast. I want to do a little intro of you and, uh, help, help people get to know where you're at and where you're coming from. So thanks for being here. Well, thank you very much, Brian. This is awesome. Happy to do this. Well, we're, it's our privilege. You're a busy man and you're taking, taking time out of your treatment day to make this happen. And I really appreciate it. So for everyone at home, this is a really, really exciting opportunity because Abel, well, Abel, how long have you been cycling? You and I have known each other probably upwards of, oh, 12, maybe even 15 years now, but you've been, how long have you been riding bikes and been in this area? Yes, yeah, so I have uh, been in this local cycling community here in the Inland Empire since probably around 2005, uh, 2006, and uh, started out just like the majority of us around here, just jumping in into some local group rides and getting blown up, <laughs> and then uh, learning who the heavy hitters were and who the heavy power rides were, and just trying to tag along for as long as I could with them. So um, it's been uh, obviously. <laughs> Has not been my wheelhouse over the last few years with uh, little kids and business starting, but definitely uh, love the cycling community and uh, I've uh, just enjoyed the community that it continues to be. Well, there's the reason we got you on here today is because not because just we love riding bikes and I've loved riding bikes with you over the years, but because you've taken a different path in your business and you over our time riding together, you were in school uh, to get your degree in physical therapy. And along that, you ended up getting not just one, but two doctorates in physical therapy. So uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but that makes you DPT 2.0 or what, 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 what am I calling that? Sure. You know, call it doctor, doctor or double doctorate. I don't care. <laughs> double doctor. Okay. Double, double doctor able. So double doctor able, uh, you, you did some really interesting things. And I remember when you were, this was really been, we were riding together a lot and you, you were doing your dissertation on something to do with like Nintendo Wii, if memory serves me. And that was really cutting edge at the time because no one was using these, uh, games, so to speak, to work on movement patterns and help people rehab and do some of these things. And, and that was really my understanding of, of, well, okay, hey, Abel is cutting edge, but now here we come back quite some years later and I come to you kind of hat in hand uh, with some major issues that I was dealing with from overtraining and uh, just, you know, what you kind of 
candidly put as like an abusive relationship with myself, right? Where I was dealing with some significant <laughs> dysfunction and I didn't know how to deal with that. And, and I don't want to make the, the podcast is not about me or my experience, but, but certainly my experience and understanding that this treatment method, uh, and, and how it works for helping people become and perform at their very, very best. And so I, I, I want to get into that with you and, but maybe we should first talk about myofascial release and, and, you know, physical therapy as a whole and say, well, wait a second, you're telling me and, you know, you initially told me this, that, wait a second, this isn't just for sick people or injured people or this, that this could actually be to help people pursue a place of wellness in their life. So I'd love to hear you get into that and, and set the table for all of us with how that all evolved and how that is that, that people as a whole can get a benefit from what you're doing. Awesome. Thank you, Brian. Uh, you know, myofascial release ha is nothing new. It, um, it really kind of roots, um, back to the early 1900s as a medical practice, actually an osteopathic practice. And, um, it's interesting that the common course of intervention is rarely ever found to be the best clinical form of intervention. Because, and I say that because you just, you did mention, uh, some of my, uh, early years in PT practice during my dissertation on what I, what I thought I was going to be able to do and change the profession and provide this balanced research using, uh, virtual reality gaming for seniors and, uh, maintain their quality of life. <laughs> and balance and mobility and freedom. And so we thought that this new, uh, you know, mass produced, low cost tool of virtual reality training was going to revolutionize the, the balance industry. And it was obviously brand new and, uh, and, and definitely very technical, but, uh, effective to a certain extent. And we got a lot of good feedback and from that publication. And still to this day, it's probably one of my, one of the most number one um, cited peer reviewed journal articles because it was just so ahead of its time. No one had taken a six week intervention study on balance on, uh, on older people, but there was something that spawned the interest from that. And there was this, this idea that I recognized back then. And there was idea that even in these older individuals, which my common age was 83 in that study, that there was something that I was really pursuing with them. And what I was pursuing with them is what I termed back then called the musculotendinous length, right? This was just something that kind of I, I, I was through reading and understanding. I knew that these people were stiff. I knew that their ankles did not move. I knew their hips were rigid. And so it just, it, it, it planted the seed on this study of understanding what length meant for people. And even in an 80 year old body, watching them improve over six weeks and not just improve with their mobility, but improve in their depression, improve with their confidence in their activity of daily life, improve in their performance were, were the measures that we were taking. And so it, it, it produced some really good results on something that just seems so almost too simple, almost like too dumbified, right? Uh, so that was what the initial spring of it was. And so as the years of uh, clinical experience continued and I, uh, you know, put my hat into a lot of different arenas for physical therapy and rehabilitation and, you know, physical medicine and, uh, just being continuously being involved with education and research at the university, 
you know, the, the interest never left me. I just kept seeing it work over and over and over again. So I decided to about, you know, seven years into the practice of physical therapy, I started to say, okay, listen, um, I'm unhappy with the common course of physical therapy right now. I, I don't feel like I'm getting the type of results that I want with people. So what do I have to do? And so I started asking around. I started asking around. And the more I asked around, kind of the more ambiguous it got. And so finally, when I started asking some really true clinicians that were who I had a lot of respect for, I started asking them, hey, you know, what are you doing to keep yourself motivated in this field of practice? Because I feel like the common serving of physical therapy is just very, well, I don't want to be rude. But it's almost like prehab, you know, you're, you're not really treating the root causes. You're just kind of giving people activities to do to activate because if you activate it correctly, your symptoms will go away. And I just wasn't seeing that to be true. And so one of my really dear friends, her name's Diane Hardy. She's an OT. She looked at me when I had this concern and she looked at me, she says, Abel, you need to know about myofascial release. First time I'd ever really heard about it in that form. Um, because if you ask anybody, you know, what's myofascial release, you can do myofascial release with a foam roll or maybe with a trigger point ball or with, you know, some cupping or something, you know. And what she was talking about was a full manual intense intervention that worked on the human frame. And it just intrigued me so much that I just I, I I went home that very evening. I remember to this day and I looked it up on Google and I looked up myofascial release. And I started reading articles and watching videos on it. And with no certification on it or anything, just with my clinical experience, I started using it in my practice the very next day. And the results were mind-blowing. The results were mind-blowing. So therefore, that kind of spawned the interest and I just have seen it grow to a level of outside of my proportion of understanding because it's so unconventional and it's really so far outside the lines of what common course physical therapy teaches us or gives to the common population or what the common population believes what physical therapy can do. And I'm not saying that people haven't been helped in physical therapy the way that there is, but I'm telling you that there's a lot more studies to show us that all these modalities that you have available to you aren't doing it. Uh, all these glute activation and, you know, shoulder squeezes and ankle pumps, they aren't doing it. And so when it, when I really started understanding what myofascial release is, and if I could simplify it, and it's hard to simplify because it's such a complex idea, but if you really understand it, it takes to notion this very key, key statement, and that is length over strength heals. Again, length, length over strength. Yeah, say that again, man. That uh, You've said that to me on four or five different occasions in our time together, and I it still blows my mind. So let, let's hear it again. Length over strength. Length over strength heals. And so what you have to put in context with that statement is that we have to understand what is, what is the content of the dysfunction, okay? 
we're athletes. We like to use our bodies physically. We want to be outside. We want to be in a camaraderie events. We want to have performance. We want to use our, uh, let's say, our aerobic and anaerobic capacities to their fullest. And then we, we want to like look back and know that maybe we left someone and dropped them, right? And that took an effort. And that took an extra exertion, right? And that's the strength component of your body, right? And all dimensions of it. What I'm talking about is when you're off the bike, when you're off the, the trail, when you've stopped lifting the weights and you are not in that competitive arena, what is the signal of your body, right? And if there's this discomfort and if there's this ache, how does strengthening it seem more logical? How does, hey, do three sets of 10 of this to make that pain go away make sense? How does compressing something that's already compressed seem to like magically default and zero it out? It just doesn't. It doesn't. And so understanding that the lengthening barriers in your tissue are intricately connected to your sensory, uh, you really start understanding this on a larger contents that lengthening your tissue, lengthening your human fabric is ultimately what allows you to restore performance and give you the wellness that you're looking for, which for most people is the utopia. How can I be performing and feel amazing at the same time? A lot of people surrender one or the other. You know, they're willing to perform and just feel like crap afterwards. But that's, that's the burden that they're willing to bury because that's traditional. You know, it's got to hurt even after the event. It's just completely wrong. Wow. Does that make sense? That's, that's, oh, that's so powerful, Abel. That's so powerful. I love it. And you said something there and I took a note on it because you talked about what's being delivered in a, in the therapy realm, which is not my realm of expertise by any stretch, but, but I've been fascinated by this notion of, like you said, well, there's something, there's a common therapy practice that's being delivered to people. And if they're listening to this podcast, 100% they are not common. 100% they are performance minded. 100% they care about their, the outcome. They're looking for solutions. They're trying to figure out how to get their best. And, and for most of the people that we work with at Big Wheel Coaching, everybody is pressed for time. And so it's how can we make the most out of the hours we have, not just in a performance state, but also for enjoyment. And you tied into both of those concepts extremely, uh, very, very well, because at the end of the day, there's this notion of, People have to suffer and you have to suffer more than the person next to you for you to be able to perform at your best, right? Or to be able to win the competition, to win the bike race, to drop your body, to win that city limit sprint. And what I've really enjoyed about our time together, Abel, is that you you helped me differentiate between those two things. You're not saying, hey, you don't have to suffer. You're saying, hey, there's still work to be done, which... Everyone listening to this podcast, they do the work. They wouldn't be listening to this and reaching out for extra if they don't already do the work. All of our athletes, they're, excuse me, yeah, they're just badasses. They do the work. Okay. But we definitely can help them go further down this road of looking after themselves 
and you and I talked about it before recording the podcast that somehow this this notion of well you have to suffer has now translated into our everyday lives and we have pattern dysfunction into people that now they're miserable in their day or they have like they deal with backache or they deal with hamstring uh, cramping or they deal with whatever kind of dysfunction shoulder pain upper back neck what you, you know you know these things far better than I do but you see these and all these things and I see it as their coach I see it as well, if you're already starting in a position of pain, how are you going to be able to get it all out? And privately, a lot of my athletes will come to me and they'll be like, man, I just want to get it all out, right? And that's where I'm on this journey as a coach to be able to help everyone be able to get it all out. Like, okay, we can talk about all we want about how to get them to have a bigger motor. And I'm good with having those conversations. But where I'm really at is before we get there, Let's talk about getting it all out of you. And that's what's really fueled my desire to continue coming back to your clinic and be learning and growing all the time in this particular, like you said, length over strength. And and I never really listened to the heel, heel part. I just heard you say length over strength and do intervals of length, not intervals of strength. And I've been trying to practice those things, you know, at home with the homework you give me. But it's really fascinating because you you've talked about a lot of things here in that in that opening intro to what myo is and it's something that people can do to help them get well to help them perform at their best this isn't something that they need to just do as opposed to uh or when they're in dysfunction and and maybe it's worth you discussing or or outlining dysfunction and what dysfunction can look at or maybe some of the common dysfunctions you see in cyclists, athletes, et cetera, and, and how the length over strength mindset has helped them. So my biggest thing to really just create an information, um, let's say barrage on this population listening to this is that anybody that is on a bike is an already state of dysfunction, period. It's, it's just, it's just part of the game. It's part of the sport. It's not natural to be seated, hunched over, hips tight, feet clamped in, wrist and elbows tightened for prolonged periods of times. Like, I love the sport. I love riding my bike at 30 miles an hour with a group of guys. It's exhilarating. Uh, but there is so much to understand as far as the, the term that you use as far as like athletes feeling that they can do that for a short period of time or having limited capacity to do that again. And there's actually a really good analogy that over the years I've, I've grown to share with patients because they can visualize it. And the, and the visualization is like, think of your, think of your frame, think of your connective body as an instrument, right? And the best analogy I have is like an accordion, all right? And so an accordion has this capacity to completely expand and compress to be able to provide volume of air for its musical performance, right? And so if you are an athlete that wants to actually use its complete range, right, its complete capacity, its complete um, uh, deliverance of performance, you have to get put your body in a position where it can fully expand and contract and your body 
demands it. It's not just a matter of like, oh, I just, you know, I, you know, I, I just stretched a little bit and then I went and just like hammered it and then I just forgot about it. So there's this amazing thing called tissue memory. All right. Neuromuscular tissue memory. And we pattern these things. We pattern them good and we also pattern them bad. Okay. And they can work like Jekyll and Hyde for a lot of people, right? You can pattern a dysfunction and you can pattern a, a good habit in your body. And if you never take that analogy of lengthening that accordion volume out and showing it, hey, look, you can, your length is actually out here at full capacity. And then in performance, here's all your compression, you know, your, your max out sprint or your max, you know, 20 minute interval or effort or whatever you're going to look at. Those are two ends of the spectrum. And we have identified that, well, to get more of that compression, what you have to do is compress it even a little harder in shorter bursts, right? No one has, for the grand majority of athletes that I treat, no one has given them the pamphlet to say, hey, guess what? The other end of the spectrum that the tissue can go to is needed for that maximal compression to give you your performance. Have you ever seen a sprinter right before their, their race? Have you ever seen how flexible a track sprinter is? It's amazing. These people are the fastest humans on earth and they literally can contort themselves like Gumby. They take their limbs, their arms, and their trunk to maximal length. They need every cellular capacity of contraction available. They do not want one hiccup. They do not want one adhesion limiting their performance. Their performances are so maximally intense that they need everything to wind up at its maximum capacity. And the same goes true through if you're a everyday, you know, I just ride my bike for an hour a day just to get my cardio on versus like I'm a crit rider and I just smash it hard every Saturday, Sunday. You need that full length capacity to perform. Guess what? <laughs> I was talking to this physician about this process and he told me this and it just it, um, he enlightened me I guess and I share it with everybody he says if a tissue is not performing at its capacity guess what that's called it's called pathology okay and it's ironic to think about it now but if you are living in a con continual state of contraction or stiffness, whatever you want to call it. It's like actually a pathological state. It's not doing what it's supposed to. And that pathology will yield a dysfunction in you. It's what I see and what I treat with every day. It's what you had, Brian. Oh, I, I was wound tighter than a top, right? I mean, that was not, not good. And what I thought was really interesting and where you've kind of brought this full circle because we've talked about it extensively. I mean, what have I done now? Probably 20 treatments ish, something getting close to that. Um, yeah. And where it really hit home to me was your understanding 
and I'll share this with, with the folks at home, but like what, where for, as a coach and an athlete, what I've noticed over all my time racing and riding and this, that, the other, I notice certain things about people who would consider themselves sprinters or people that would consider themselves climbers or people that would consider themselves time trialists, right? And so there's certain things that I notice about them. And one of the things that I noticed was this flexibility component, right? And I also noticed that the sprinters tend to be able to pedal with their heel up. They used to pedal down with heel down, and then they would go to heel up. And it wasn't really until some of our last few sessions where I brought this to your attention because one thing that I think everybody listening needs to understand and you can explain far better than I is that cycling is all about contracting. It's all about exactly what you're talking about. We are constantly, we're hunched over. So we're contracting and we're, we're reducing our chest cavity volume, right? But we're also always contracting the muscles. We never eccentrically, uh, engage our muscles, right? We're always doing it contracting. So everything is shortening. So that's where you see people that have very, very poor postures because they've been cycling for so long. And here you are, you're the first person that's really introduced it to me. Okay. Yeah. We do some stretching and I've been, you know, doing yoga for quite some time and this, that, the other, but now you're the first person saying, Hey, no, I want you to perform at your very, very best, but to be able to counterbalance so much of this forward folded, reduced uh, hip angle, tight calves, ridiculously tight quads, hamstrings, glutes, etc. The way to do that is by doing intervals of length. And, and to me, it's been fascinating to see how that has reverberated into my life and how that I've been able to get uh, feel much, much better uh, on less training. Right. Well, obviously we have a child Mm -hmm. now and, you know, so there's, that's becoming more and more of a reality. And so again, for you to bring that up for everybody to go, Hey, I'm not telling you cycling is bad because it's bad for your posture and you shouldn't do it. What you're saying is no, no, no. I'm actually trying to get you to use this full accordion range of tissue potential. And right. We talk about like, you know, we have a little motto at Big Wheel Coaching. It says train your potential. And that's really what we're trying to encapsulate is that you have, you, even your muscle has this potential energy, right? But if we're already starting with tight calves that are kind of already wound tight, and if you could think of that co- accordion as like, you know, it's got 10 levels, right? 10 is all the way outstretched and one is completely compressed, right? You, you would understand that for most cyclists, we're walking around at a, at a, uh, you know, six compressed all the time, right? We're always right. kind of wound tight. And what you're trying to say is, Hey, no, I want you to get you know, 10 unwind. So you can do 10 unwind to one completely compressed. You want us to be able to go across and operate in all of those things. And and not just because you're saying, Hey man, it's better for your overall health to be more flexible. No, 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 no. You're talking about what actually needs to happen for the human body to be able to perform. And I think that's the message that people really need to hear. And, and people listening to this podcast are really yearning to hear because they are everyone and myself included yourself included we're being bombarded every day with all of this information out there saying hey do this don't do that hey eat this don't do that hey oh carbohydrates those are bad oh hey intermittent fasting this hey this all that stuff right and here you are saying hey guys you're already very very strong and you have untapped potential because you're already wound kind of tight 
So here's what we're going to do to loosen that up. And it's two things, right? There's a homework element, which we can get into, but there's what you talk about is called time on frame. And I think that's really important to understand because you're, you're, you're not just throwing somebody on a massage table and just kind of, you know, going through a range of motion. This is a really in-depth understanding of where tissue dysfunction comes in and how we as cyclists, we're trying to adapt our insane, in, insanely complex bodies. And, and, you know, I want you to talk about that a little bit is how complex yeah. our bodies are tissue wise. And we're trying to just bend them onto, like you said, locked in feet, you know, in sitting in a, in a, in a saddle that for some people it makes us asymmetrical, we're rotating our pelvis forward, back, left, right, maybe both. Right. And, yeah. and we're, so we're trying to, to contort our bodies onto these bicycles and, and that's just the reality of it. So maybe you can talk through some of all those kind of components. I know I've not really given you an exact like question, but you, you kind of see where I'm trajectorying with this all thing. Yeah, absolutely. So this is the this is the metric because uh, I get asked this quite a bit. You know, it's like what type of what type of physical therapist are you? What type of physical are you like? I can treat this huge range of people, right? And so you know, the the kick in the pants is like if. You, you're a generalist, then you're a nobody. But that's not really a scenario because I've encountered this. And when I start to describing this to people, we are dealing with the most complex tissue of your whole body. We are dealing with the only tissue of your whole body that runs uninterrupted from the head to your foot, from the front to your back. We are dealing with the only tissue that responds from a neuroanatomy, neurophysiology, biomechanical, lymphatic, vascular, integumentary, and central nervous system processing. There is no other tissue in your body that has that many variables of influence, adaptability, progression, regression, fault, and healing. There's nothing else like it. There's no way that I will ever corner myself into just a specific, oh, you do orthopedics or, oh, you do neuro or, oh, you do strength engagement. No, I do myofascial work. It is the most complex work because you talked about time on frame. There is so much on the market right now on self-treating. You can buy a $400 massage tool. You can buy bands to lengthen you. You can buy things to put in your shoes. You can buy things to like sit on or improve your posture or roll on and some have spiky things and some are flat and some are harder. And you know, the array is voluminous. You can buy things like, like some scrapers and some blades, you know, that can just, you know, what, I don't know, like you know, act, make you act like a piece of meat or something, you know, but nothing on earth right now replicates the human touch. Nothing on earth replicates the ability of one human with the skill to put hands on frame on you and pick up what the tissue is talking. And that's a very big term in myofascia release, which is listen to the tissue talk. I mean, you experienced it many, many times as like I would work on some parts of your limb or some parts of your trunk and you would feel it resonate through other areas of your body. Am I right? Oh, uh, 100%. And, and I think that's worth you going deeper into because 
you, as you read those tissues, as they talked and you listened, you would go to various places and all of a sudden my feedback would be, well, I didn't tell you, I, I came in because my hip hurt and why are we working on my quad on the opposite side? And then literally I would walk out of there and then have one of the best rides that I've had. Right. There you and, go. and so I, that's where I need you to help get people and help them understand that whole process. Cause I, here I, I can just tell you, Hey, I walked in and hobbled in cause I had a messed up a hip and you start there, you trace through the body, you work there. And it wasn't just like, okay, you went to the left quad. That's what I can tell you in my personal experience. But there are other people in other situations where you were telling me about a woman you treated where you were working on her neck and she felt something all the way, you know, in the back of her knee or, or something like that. Right. And it was like so dramatic in what you would think of as, how can there be a connection there? And yet there was. And what's more important is it told you where to go to work on it. That's the clinician component, but also that you can experience release there, which can help improve performance in all portions of your day. Right. And, and that to me was like, oh man, like people need to hear about this, you know? So that what you're describing is a amazing uh, concept in physics called tensegrity. And if uh, if you guys need to look that up, tensegrity is a it's an actual physics architecture where a, a, there's a structure that can distribute its force across itself without losing its intactness. So essentially saying that I can press into your body and that bo your body has a way of distributing that effort that. It, that absorption of effort because the fascia can distribute force. It, it allows it to conduct across its medium, its pathways. And at first it just, it, it's too abstract to think. But when you, when you, when you follow the right information and literature out there, you start understanding that your body's actually absorbing energy and effort all the time, you know, from, from riding the bike to walking, running to getting out of bed, you're, you're transmitting force to your body. And when everything's acting correctly and there's no blockage in the system, oh my goodness, it's such a, the, the system is such a beautiful conductor of energy and effort and it just does it so seamlessly. It's like when you're just pedaling the bike and it just feels so smooth. It's so smooth. You just feel like butter. The, the, the gears are spinning. There's just nothing. Now, every one of you that has ridden a bike and you start feeling like there's like a kink in your chain or in the gearing, yes or yes. Do you notice it or do you not notice it? Like it doesn't take much to say I know it immediately when there's something wrong with the tension on my chain or on my gearing. You notice it immediately. And guess that? You're perceiving that from an inorganic item, your bike, and your organic item, you are feeling that. Your body is three trillion cells deep. Your body has an intense way of identifying where there is a kink or an adhesion in the system. And as you walked in to my clinic a few months ago, Brian, with a very specific signal, like your body is giving you this signal of like, my hip is jacked. I just can't get out of what's happening to my hip. All that was telling me was there's the signal. But there is a cause coming from a different source. 
And uh, yeah, we found we found several of those. <laughs> we're uh, yeah, we're still finding them, I, unfortunately. But you know, that's that is so powerful because you you had said it can lead to other places. Okay. And to me, that really resonated for a lot of the challenges that our athletes end up having is, oh, hey, maybe I have a lower backache or I have uh, maybe my feet are going numb. I'm getting a hot spot while I ride, or maybe my hands go numb when I'm pedaling. And all of these things are so, so they're fixable. They're fixable, right? And some of them are fixable through bike fit and some of them are fixable through um, other changes, but, but the majority of it is that that feedback we're getting can cause, because we do things repetitively for a long period of time that can pattern in some dysfunction. And I, and I couldn't put those words to it until you shared them with me where you were talking about patterned dysfunction. Okay. And I think it's really important that you help educate people on, well, kind of how does this the fascia work, express it to those people, exp express it to everyone listening so that they understand when you say you're connected front to back, tip to toe, right? Head to toe. What does that mean to people? How are you saying, wait, this woman, I'm working on her neck and she's feeling something in the back of her knee. How is that tissue connected? Because what you would express to me was it's not just connected linearly. There's some vertical stuff as well. So please kind of help us understand how that how our bodies are connected because we tend to think of things just in muscles as in like quads do this right. hamstrings do that like give right. give me another degree of sophistication for everyone to list at home okay so where we can do a good start with is we can go down to an embryological development all right an embryological development meaning like when you're being created from the sperm and egg all right, and sperm and egg hook up, and they start creating their cellular divide. And so, at about thirteen days of your implantation, you start creating the three different styles of very, very base level cells of you. Okay, very, very base cells of you. All right, and so the very first cells, the very, very, very first cells of development are your central nervous system and your connective tissue. Those are your fundamental blocks, okay? So when we're talking about at its very core, your fascial connective tissue is developed in sequence alongside or in unison before your organs, before your muscles, before your bones. It is created in unison with your central nervous system. It is an extension of your central nervous system. It is not a partition. So if you think about it, we, 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 you're right. We're very linear. We, that's how our pea brains work. We have to like conceptualize like small little things and like the big things are just so big. We just, we, it's hard for us to think of that level. But when you're understanding your health and your interconnection, you go back that step and you're saying, whoa, this is my interconnection. It's absolutely integrated. You cannot separate. There is no void in your body that says, oh, well, this space has nothing to do with that space. How can it not be, right? Like, look at a tree, right? Look at a tree. Tell me how the very tip of the tree is separated from its bases and roots. There, there's no void in it, right? It's a continuum. 
And that tree is a living organic statue, if you want to think about it, right? Now, us as human beings that are active, mobile, and rural this planet, with all of the sophistication out there to understand us, the very simplistic nature of understanding that you have an uninterrupted fabric that communicates your whole body, allows vast blood flow, hydration, absorbs energy, transmits energy, keeps you in the fancy term called balance or anatomy, homeostasis, encourages mobility and adaptability because the all true saying is true. And I say encourages like your body's meant to stay mobile and limber. Like I hate that saying that people so commonly say like, oh, I've just never been flexible. Come on, folks. Like at one point when you were born, you had your foot in your mouth. Okay. So no one is born inflexible. All right. Like no one. It's you don't get old and stiff. You get stiff and old because there is 80 year olds out there that are still killing it. There are 20 year olds out there that are walking around like cardboards because there's just no mobility in them. So the fascial, I would say the, the fascial universality of your body, it is omnipotent. It is throughout your whole system. It's just that the common practice has compartmentalized your treatments and your effects because it's easier to put people in little boxes of labels and symptoms than to look at the big picture and say, what is this human? And as they stand here, what is this human frame telling me? Well, I can listen to them and I can watch them. But it's not until I feel what's happening on their tissue does the complexity of it really show up. That's beautiful, brother. That's beautiful. And, and on a much smaller scale, we, we do the same thing, obviously, in the coaching business because, okay, we have these fancy GPS data, GPS computers that, that give us power meter data and heart rate data and elevation and temperature and, you know, everything except wind direction, really. And that can all be uploaded to our athletes training peaks accounts, which are attached to our coach account. And then we can see all that, right? And that's, that's one layer. And, but there's this training peaks has now added the ability for there to be a, a little emoji of how they felt. Right. And that's another layer of understanding, right? So like you were saying, Hey, you can listen to somebody, you can watch somebody, but it's not until you touch it that you really get that next level. And for us, that's that feedback for them as the, as the athlete, but it's it's incredible for me to have gone through this process with you because I've been to plenty of doctors over my time and, and had some good experiences and had plenty of not so good experiences. And that's the one thing that tends to be missing is listening to someone and then being able to say, well, how can I filter that through my my lens of experience to help treat this person? And okay, yes, you are my friend, and that's why I initially came here because I was looking for someone who I could trust. But the things that you have you are have shown me have been amazing because you, you, we're in this situation where people people need this understanding of length over strength, and that they don't just get 
old and then stiff. No, they get stiff and then old because the whole purpose of cycling is cycling is a lifetime sport. It's some, yeah. it's an activity that we can do at all age ranges. I mean, for gosh sakes, man, I'm coaching a guy to go to the senior games. I mean, I'm, I'm awesome. legitimately coaching a guy to go to the senior games, right? How is he doing that? Well, he's doing that by remaining supple, by remaining pliable, by remaining strong, because we ha are inherently strong. Like the, it, if they're listening to this podcast, they are an athlete. They're working hard. They're doing something. They have some, some ability or some development of strength. Maybe it's not, they're not as strong in the exact way that they want. And we're here to help them with that. But this piece is so powerful, Abel, because people need to know that this, this can really help them be more flexible. And by having that accordion length, they can then be more powerful. And, and that really gets me into this concept of wellness. And you talked to me about this when I first came in because I, I was very narrow-minded. I shouldn't say narrow-minded. I, I was very focused on, I have an acute problem. Let's, let's fix this acute problem so that I can get to back to business as usual. And very early on in the process, you said, hey, that's just that's just not the way it's it's going to go here, Brian. And and I was like, well, okay, brother, tell me tell me the way it's going to go here because I, I got to get on board if I'm going to get something out of this. And you said, I want you to get into a place of wellness because performance comes from a place of wellness. And it's been fascinating for me to hear you develop that idea and share that concept with me across our visits. And I would think the people listening to this need to hear it that. Because we think of performance as, well, my legs feel good, I go hard, right? It's like, well, I did my intervals, so then I should be able to be strong. But so many times when we're working with folks, something happens on event day, and and the mood of the day influences their performance much greater. And so for you to share with them how wellness is a major influencer in performance, I think would be very, very helpful for folks. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, wellness is the utopia. Like that is the gold standard because it, if people just needed to like, I would say heal their boo-boo, right? Like, oh, I have this ache, you know, and I just got to get rid of it. You know, that is not a complex task. The problem is, is that the dysfunction is so ingrained in them. I think we talked about it with you for a while, you know, like how long you had shit, you had sat shifted incorrectly on your bike for almost a decade. Right. And how it was just part of, it was just part of you. You know, you, you would start picking up tissue memories. You would just start remembering that like one pant seam just never sat right on one leg versus the other leg. One calf just did something different than the other. One glue just never felt like it had the same in symmetrical power as the other. Uh, the breathing, depending on what position you were in, started creating different patterns on you. And so all those combined started creating these neuromuscular patterns in you that then created to give you essentially a ceiling, your own personal physical performance ceiling. That even though, yeah, Brian was the most trained professional cyclist in the country, and yeah, Brian could pretty much crush anybody in the area, Brian, when he got off the bike, felt like shit. Right. Brian just felt like walking with a limp and standing lopsided like a leaning tower of Pisa was normal. Brian thought that 
it was part of the burden of being at that level was also feeling at that level, which is just the biggest load of crap out there because it would never allow you to continue performing for the rest of your life. It would, your, your body would just at the end of the day, just give you a big F you like you're, I'm going to go into self-preservation mode before you hurt yourself anymore. And it shuts you down. And this is what I encounter with a lot of athletes that at one point, even though they're on the top of their game, at one point the body just says, no, uh, I mean, you might have a strong head, but I'm going to go self-preservation mode first before you go any further. And if you go further, then you really won't be doing anything, right? So the wellness is, is really to encompass that next level because it's so easy to ask people, hey, how are you doing? I'm doing okay. I'm doing okay. Rarely do you ever find people saying like, I am doing great or I am doing really well. Why? Because there's usually something holding them back. It could be psychological. It could be internal. It could be something nagging on them. But they're showing up to just be the part or do the part or show face or just show everybody else that they're not giving up on it. And that can last for a little while until enough is enough. Until the person starts looking and evaluating almost like their life. Like, why am I doing this to myself? You know, like, I'm not even happy doing this anymore. Right. And that, and no one is well there. You know, and like when you're like having coming to Jesus talks on a road because it's just you feel like you just feel like you just got hit by a truck and you still have to keep going because you need to get the numbers or you have to get the hours or X, Y, Z. Like, I know, like I've been there. Like I have hated my bike at times, you know, <laughs> like I hate doing this, you know, but being in discomfort in the moment for training or for racing is not what I'm talking about. You know, I am talking about the rest of the life, the rest of the day, the rest of the night that you're feeling your body, right? That is where your body starts to give you volumes of information of what it's really like, you know, when it's supposed to be recovering. Is it really recovering? You know? Is it allowing you to sleep or are you having to self-medicate just to get five or six hours of sleep? All right. Or is it allowing you to actually absorb the nutrients or is it so plugged up that, I mean, you're just kind of fueling yourself, but it's going right through because it can't even permeate into the tissue. Right. Is it allowing itself to expand or is it saying, no, I'm still locked up like a coiled up snake that nothing's getting through here. Man, I always cramp, but I drink a lot of water and I uh, take my electrolytes, but I still always cramp. Well, there's something else going on, right? Or man, I just can't get past this threshold. Well, what else are you doing? Well, I'm not doing anything different. Well, then there's a problem, right? Right. There's there's an obvious problem. No, big time, big time. Well, that's that's so powerful to to think through that. And maybe I need you to uh, elaborate on this one thing for me. When you said, hey, fascia can hydrate, and I, I I wanted to make sure everyone at home knows this. Like when I came to you, I was in a lot of pain, but then you helped me understand that I was actually carrying a tremendous amount of inflammation. Well, everyone listening to this probably knows that training produces inflammation, okay? 
And it's mm. actually important for our bodies to be able to dissipate that inflammation. And a critical element of that dissipation is the fascia. And, and you've helped express that to me. So I'm hoping that you'll help people understand that and explain that concept so that everyone can really understand it because you helped me understand it. And, and the, the point that I want everyone to take away from this is like, I walked in with a lot of swelling and then over my time here, like now it's like, well, hey man, I've got back to veins in my legs and this, that, and it's not that that's the be all end all, but it's like, oh wait, my tissue's actually operating properly. And, and I had no idea when you say hydration or that tissue can be hydration, hydrating, I thought to myself, well, man, I mean, I drink water. I have electrolytes. I have this, that, the other. I don't have any problems uh, cramping, right? But I know plenty of guys that do. I know plenty of guys that I coach and gals that always cramp and it's always in the same way despite taking salt pills, despite taking tons of electrolytes, but always looking for the next performance supplement to make that happen, right? And so you're suggesting that this could be tissue-based. And I think it's really important for people to understand that. I'm not suggesting it. I'm telling you. Yeah, it absolutely is. The main factor is, and this actually is really revolutionary. This was actually, it was able to just be discovered uh, in the summer of 2017. By dumb luck, I would call it, but uh, maybe uh, God intervention. Who knows? Uh, this, uh, this researcher from the University of Virginia was doing this super high resolution um, MRI studies on visual fields of the lymphatic system. And the lymphatic system is like what the big, big understanding of like autoimmune problems are, right? That the lymphatics are your essentially your sewer and your filtration uh, interconnections of your body that allow like we were talking about, allow the, let's say the metabolic um, waste or the metabolic side effects of you performing to be essentially funneled back into your system and excreted. Well, as he's doing this, they, just, they, they visualize that there are these little microtubules, microtubules like little pipettes, like little straws running parallel to the lymphatics all through your body. That's the microtubules of the fascia. So that the fascia actually transmits a fluid conductive energy. It is able to transport, and the actual term is called an emolument. It actually provides nutrients to an area and assists the lymphatic return of cellular waste, like your overly hydrated legs, Brian. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it, 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 when, when you have an entrapment, when you have essentially like a clogged pipe, a stiff, rigid segment in your body, you have directly transition. This is very important that every cyclist and athlete out there needs to understand. You are a live, organic, activated pump mechanism. What pumps down to your big toe has to get pumped back up. It's a circuit. And if you have at any, at any bit of along that process, create a kink, create an impingement, or what I like to call an adhesion, you have created what's called the, essentially, you have taken a tissue from a conductor now to an insulator. And now that fluid restriction has nowhere to go. What is it going to do? Well, you're going to keep pumping, so it's going to keep 
creating a backfill, and now you have tissue in the extracellular space. You have some increased cankles. You have some increased swelling. Now it's a lot more sore. Now it's not flushing out of you as easily. Carry on. Now your performance isn't coming back to you. Now you have to delay a little longer. It's not in, it's not in adding more salt pills. It might have an effect to a certain level, but at a competitive level in the arena that I believe that you get your athletes in, if they're having this restriction and the hydration and nutrition's on point and it's still happening, I would put all my money on that they have a lymphatic or mic or myofascial impingement, one and the same, somewhere along their chain. And if it's happening over and over at the same location, typically the blockage is just above or just below. You're just getting the signal at where it can't pass through. Wow. That's the way you expressed it to me when, when you were introducing this concept to me is you said, Hey, we're all like a pump and we have obviously these massive vascular systems because we've trained our hearts, our cardiovascular systems to be so, so, so efficient. And so as cyclists, that's what we do. But yet you were, you expressed it to me in a, such a simple way because you've said, Hey, your canals, your, your aqueduct, if you will, is free flowing. There's no problem there. But you said your gutters are clogged. And that encapsulated <laughs> the whole concept for me so well because like you were talking about, those little vestibules are, are clogged. And all of a sudden that becomes because there's enough of them concentrated in a particular area that now we recognize that as a major issue, right? Or they're swelling yeah. in a particular limb or a portion of the limb or, or maybe both limbs, right? And it was fascinating for me to think of it like, wait a second. We've now trained people to be so efficient, right, that the fluid is going to flow, okay? And if something blocks that fluid flow, man, watch out because where does it go? The fluid still has to move. Your heart doesn't just say, hey, well, we'll just kind of not do that for a little bit, right, and let you catch up, right? Like when the no. gutters are clogged, we have a real, real problem. And and I found that so fascinating for you to to help me understand and and to think that this myofascial release can make that different make a big difference and maybe let's uh, you know i know that that your time is uh so valuable here and we we've got so much stuff to cover I, I just feel like we could just talk all day on this but let's talk a little bit about if if you will some at home stuff that you recommend because there's there's let's be real there's no there's no trading a skilled clinician and time on frame. And, and I can tell you that from feeling it myself, but there are some things that people can do at home that can at least start the process and get them, get it to the point where you can actually make some major change with people when they come visit or, or as they, you know, get to the point of being able to have uh, a clinician or, or technician on them. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I'm going to just before I segue into that, there's a visual that I was given from one of my one of my instructors and mentors that has been practicing for over 20 years. And he's a super experienced clinician from Canada. And as he was describing this whole like sewer system being blocked up, this is this was super it, it changed me because it gave me a visualization that you have to understand that this sewer system is your own body's sewer system that when it gets plugged up, the analogy of it, Brian, is essentially that like you're just sitting in your own waste. 
Oh, like, dude, you're just even, not. I don't you, even. Like, <laughs> no, you imagine, that doesn't like, sound. You just that sounds awful. Not, you're just sitting in your own shit. Like that's what it is because it's it's taking. It's supposed to funnel all the the garbage, all the stuff that your body's using and metabolizing and excreting, and where everything from you know cells that are breaking down to the byproducts of it all, right? But like. When it can't get out of you and it just gets stuck in you, it's exactly what's happening. And therefore, that's why this I, I segue it to the lymphatic system because that's what your lymphatic system and that's where there's all this like brand new. It's not brand new. I mean, it's like the, the forefront of autoimmune diseases right now is really pushing into understanding the lymphatic, right? And how and how it's tr- it, when people's lymphatic system and now myofascial systems are plugged, man. Stuff goes south real quick because <laughs> it ain't nobody's body can handle sin in their own waste for a long period of time. Segway. What can you, any, every one of you can do right now? So before I make a like a common core single serving stretch for everybody, I'm not because nobody's body is the same. Nobody's dysfunction is the same. Nobody's past trauma. Nobody's past experience, current level of training, expertise, or interventions the same. So there isn't a common serving stretch that will help everybody, but there are parameters. And I think I went over with you and Brian, you've learned in to listen into these parameters because there is plenty and just enough is what a friend told me not too long ago that really encapsulates these parameters and the parameters of lengthening actually have three dimensions or or three itemized areas to it. And if everybody would just take a little moment of time in, in self-investment, the ramifications and the ripple effects are far beyond what you could ever imagine. But if you could listen to your body and say, these three things, I'm going to lengthen and just pick one. Let's say you have tight calves, stretch your calves. You say you have tight hamstrings, focus on your hamstrings. Let's say your neck and shoulder are always kind of really pinching you. Stretch those and just focus on that. Don't be so whole body invested. Go one at a time and see how it starts cracking the walls. First rule of thumb, find a length that you can tell yourself is of medium intensity, okay? Nobody's medium should be exactly the same. But here's my parameters that I give all of my patients, not too much, not too little, but something in the middle. Okay. That, that is your therapeutic gold zone. All right. It's, it's a zone of stretch that says, okay, I feel, I feel some stretching, but I'm, I'm breathing comfortably through this. I know I could go further, but I'm not. The end range is not the range I want to stay at. And it's also, I'm not, I'm not feeling a stretch. That's the, that's the too little part, right? So that's parameter number one. Find your medium stretch zone intensity. Okay. Number two, this is the one people have the hardest time doing. You must minimum hold a minute, a full 60 second count. And not counting by twos or counting by fives, but like a legit timer on your phone, on your watch, 
breathing through it. Wait. Give your tissue training length that length interval. Okay? And three, the power of three. Three, somehow your body just understands it very good. Give it repetitions of three. Never, never, never just go at it one and done. Don't waste your time doing that. Okay? Moderate stretch zone. One minute holds. Repetitions of three per limb. Okay? Per limb. Per neck. Per hip. Per ankle. Per wrist. It doesn't matter. Your body will respond to it. I've seen it work unanimously. It doesn't matter if you're 80 or if you're 12. It will work unanimously if you follow the parameters. The people that fall outside of the parameters are A, the people that A, don't get the results or aggravate themselves. Because most of the time when people show up to the clinic and say, oh, I did your stretches, but I'm really, really sore and it really, really hurts now. (laughs) Well, did you stretch really hard? Yeah, I did. Well, that's exactly what I told you not to do. Or how long did you stretch? Oh, I stretched for like five minutes the first time. I was like, well, then you didn't follow directions. So follow directions. It works unanimously. It is my common serving. It is my most influential home exercise program parameters because it, across the board, you'll see so much out there. Oh, stretch 20 seconds. Oh, stretch one, 10 seconds. Do, do, a, do a 15 second stretch per side and move on. Listen, your body's not stupid. All right. You can't like, Hey, let me just do this real quick. And it's just going to like all of a sudden fix the three hour ride I did. Right. Or the five years of backache I've been doing. Like it's not retarded. It's meant to be resilient. And so in these length parameters, if you follow them, what I've found is that even in the most dysfunction of states, the body starts to understand that you are trying to teach it a length without hurting it. And all of a sudden, the body starts releasing it. And that first intensity stretch doesn't feel the same the second time around. And that third intensity stretch all of a sudden feels a little like, man, I got a little more range out of it. Because you shared with it that you're not going to hurt it or rush it. You're going to give it, you're going to give your human tissue, you're going to give your human fabric the time and respect that it needs to repair itself, to replenish itself, but most importantly, to give you the best performance. And there's no substitute. Man, that's legit, dude. That's so legit. And and I would add to that that I'm gonna I'm gonna hope that everyone at home listening is not like me, but you and I had a conversation about this, and I was one of the guys who was like, Well, you said one minute. So I did five. Right? Yeah. And you said you you said, Hey, go medium two thirds, and I was like, Well, he said two thirds, so like I'll go three quarters. Right. Because like, more is better. Because <laughs> if some is good, more must be better than then a whole lot more must be the best. Right. Right. Like that's exactly, uh, uh, exactly. right. And, and so it's great. You know, obviously, like everyone can hear the intensity in your voice and that you're very passionate. You're you know, you just make yeah. it happen, bro. And so I want to yeah. be like, oh, I want to I want to make Abel proud. Like I'm going to show him. And, then, and, and so the reason why I'm sharing that with was was not because I was coming at it like, oh, 
you know, I want to be the one that breaks the duck. I wanted to be like, see, Abel, I'm so committed to this. Look at what I did. Yeah. And, yeah. and it was really, it's a total, uh, do you remember, what, do, you remember it, do you remember what I told you? No, I don't remember. Do you, Refresh my memory. I, I was like, stop that. Yes. Don't waste your time. That's right. I yeah. said, stop that. You're wasting your time. You don't yeah. seem like the type of guy that likes to do things with no results. Am I right? And you said, yeah. yeah. You follow metrics. You follow numbers. Follow these numbers. They will work for you. And they have. Well, and they have. They have. Yeah. They have, yeah. absolutely. And, and, and I would say, so that was really powerful to learn and, and learn through feel, right? Yeah, and that right. was that to me was fantastic to be able to feel that whole thing and go, Oh wow. Like my body will release. And, and we get in such a, you said this earlier where you were talking about people get in a performance state that the performance has to hurt because, Hey, that's what it takes to get it all out. And that we've allowed that to permeate the rest of our lives. Right. And, and that's just not the mindset to bring to your stretching. And it's because the mindset we want to bring to our stretching is that, Hey, body, my body, I'm going to take care of you now because you took care of me when I asked you to go hard. And what we're going to do is not beat up on you because that's, that's going to make the body resist. And I love right. that you've been able to teach me that because that's not my default position. My default position is like, oh yeah, like if some is good, more is better. And then a whole lot more must be even better. And, and, and so it's been fantastic to learn that mindset to understand that mindset and then see that it packs powerful results with minimal discomfort. All you have to do is oh, yeah. invest the time, right? All you have feeling, to do is invest the time and that's all you're asking. Yeah. Feeling is healing. Okay. That is the bottom denominator of, of this approach. If you are not paying attention to the sensory and, and let's even take it an, another step further. If your athletes are not paying attention to the sensory response, and I've shared this, this phrase with you before, the subjective somatic, all right? What is your body telling you? Don't complicate it. And don't be one of those people that's like, it's just in your mind. Of course it's in your mind. That's the one that's processing it, but it's also in your body. So look at some of the most elite athletes in our, no, in our known market. Every one of them is investing into mobility. Every one of them. It, it is the common fold of athletic, almost um, nirvana, uh, athletic longevity. Because if you are pliable, if you are extendable, your wheelhouse, your performance will be able to scrape the bottom of the barrel over and over and over and over again. Did, did everybody just see this this week? We just broke yes. the two-hour marathon w record. I mean, yep. yeah, hey, absolutely it was phenomenal. Big, it was big on multiple occasions because Elliot Kipchoge beat the marathon. Okay, I, I, okay, granted, it was out of competition, whatever, okay? Beat two-hour marathon Elliot Kipchoge, okay? The man who won Ironman is the third year in a row he's won it, and he won it. Uh, by setting a new world record, okay, and yeah. female, uh, female marathon, female marathon, yes, female marathon, uh, world record was broke as well. So you just see that all of this performance-based metrics 
they're meant to come crashing down. And it's because people are pursuing intervals of length. They're pursuing mobility. And that's like, you know, you're at the forefront of it, Abel. I, I'm so, yeah. I mean, yeah. I love I, it. I, I, yeah. I love it. It was, it's, it has been an absolute pleasure to help essentially like one of the greatest cyclists of our community, Brian, like uh, tips off to you, like what you've done and um, what you enjoy doing for this community is also just amazing. So, you know, anything I can share to have a ripple effect, I am more than happy to do. Any one of your uh, athletes that would want any more information, uh, you know, just please give them well, my, how, my contact. Let, oh, let we them do know, that like, anyway. How can yeah. they get a hold of you, Abel? Where can, where can people get a hold of you to get more of this information? And, and we hope they'll come in and just see you. I mean, you, you know, you gave yeah. me a free consultation. You, there was no obligation when I came in. And that wasn't because that was my, you were my buddy. That was because that's what you do, right? I mean. Yeah, we do free consultations um, every week. We have a limited number of spots that we do free consultations for every week. We sit down, you and I, whoever it is, no obligations. It's 100% free to just talk and listen and find out if you're a candidate for this style of treatment. And guess what? You know, I know, like, this treatment's not for everybody. I'm not going to stand on some sort of pedestal. But if you're a person that values your performance and your wellness, you will be absolutely guaranteed that this will provide benefit not just for your performance, but for your well-being. We sit down. I give you the nitty-gritty. I tell you exactly if this could help you or not. And then we set up an evaluative process like I took you through. Uh, we schedule another day for evaluation. And then we get a plan to care. Like, what's your goals? What are you aiming for? What do you want to achieve on this? And we script it out. And like I said with you, you know, hey, Brian, you know what? This is a 10-year dysfunction. I'm not going to serve you anything that's unrealistic. But here's what we're going to do. And we're going to go at this this way. And, you know, here we are now, man, and you're, and you're, and you're crushing it just from, from where you were just two and a half, three months ago to now. It's just amazing. So beautiful to see. Love it, dude. Love it. Well, so they can, uh, always... uh, they can hit us up on our website, rendonept.org. Uh, they can, you can, uh, you can give the contact number out to me. Uh, they can reach us out and, um, it's absolutely, uh, we can call our, our, our front office. Bianca handles uh, all the consultations at 909-796-0012. And uh, we're here in Loma Linda. So um, it's just a matter of reaching out and scheduling something that's non-committed, just informative base and finding out if it's the right path for you. Love that, brother. I love that. Well, thank you for that. I think we're going to have to do another one of these to to delve into it a little more, but we always close these podcasts out with a little closing gratuity is, is really for lack of a better term, I'll trying to let me do it. It's just something where something you're thankful for. It doesn't have to be family or business or cycling or performance or any of the things that we talked about, but it's just kind of a, you know, shoot from the hip, something you're thankful for. Cause I find that that's just a great way to live life is by, by being thankful for what you got. So uh, would you like to lead brother or you want me to take the lead? Um, what am I grateful for? I'll, I'll, I'll go off. Uh, you know what? I'm just be a hundred percent real with every one of you. I, I am truly grateful to have been able to position myself through uh, my past education, through my past experiences, through my professional 
influence, through my academic influence, through my family and, and athletic life, to be able to position myself to bring this level of care uh, to the public, to my community. It really is. Um, when, when you sit back, when you ask, I look back 15, 20 years ago when I asked what I want to do with my life and, and when I get to look at and sit in my chair and say, this is exactly what I love to do. I, I love doing this. And now I've created this business and I've created this community and I've created this awareness and, and my goal is still unraveling, you know, to have essentially, uh, essentially a myofascial uh, center that can treat A to Z, you know, because it's really about health and wellness, you know, and if you have health and wellness, you're blessed, right? You're, you're blessed beyond measures if you have health and wellness. And so many of us, um, have it and then we lose it, you know, and accidents happen and, um, traumas happen. I went through several myself, you know, and have, and they've been massive learning experiences, but I, I really believe that I'm, I've, I have the position and the experience to, 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 to make a change in our, in our local community and the greater community and awareness of something that just, it's just so misunderstood or not known, you know, and, uh, and to watch people just like you, Brian, and many others to just go through this process and, and, uh, and, and have the results they did avoiding injections and avoiding pills and avoiding costly surgeries and avoiding downtime. And then like we talked about, like the mental distress of not knowing what's wrong with your human frame and being able to unravel all of those is, is so special. And I am humbled and full of gratitude on that. Um, and I'm thankful for my friendships that have supported me, uh, and family along the way. So that's my gratitude. Wow. That was legit. That's one of the best ones we've had, brother. That's great. Well, I'll, uh, I'll keep mine brief, but I'm, I'm thankful for you educating me about what wellness truly means and not just what it means, but what it feels like. And that, that, that's something I haven't had in quite some time. I've had a wonderful, I've, you know, had a wonderful life and been able to have a lot of great opportunities in front of me and, and get to work with some really, really good people. But I will tell you, uh, there was a lot of pain in the day to day, uh, of it all, uh, aches and pains by that. I mean, and, uh, by being able to, to reach out to you, which took a little bit of a leap of faith. Cause I was like, ah, I don't know. I mean, can I even be helped? Do I deserve it? Any of all these other things? Um, it's, it's made such a big difference. So thank you for teaching me what wellness looks like, but more importantly, what it feels like. So thank you, Abel. It's been fantastic. You bet. You bet. I know you've got another, another patient coming and I really appreciate your time today. And, uh, I know a lot of people get a lot from this. I, I certainly did. So thank you so much, Abel. You're the man. Great. Thank you, sir. Keep crushing it, Brian. <laughs> you too, brother. All right. Hey there, everybody. Just wrapping up here with Abel. Had to let him go so that he could get to his next patient, but that all ran quite a bit longer than we had expected, but what an amazing interview. I hope you guys got a lot out of it. Really excited for it, uh, for the feedback that we'll get. So give us some feedback. Let us know what you think about Abel and uh, myofascial release. Take, please take him up on, on that stretching stuff. That I, I, take some notes, go back, listen to the end of it. I think that'll be very, very useful for everybody. I've certainly been incorporating it myself, and it's been very, very useful, as has Coach Joy. So 
Thanks so much, everyone, for listening. And as always, you know, if you're looking for some big wheel coaching, uh, some pedal industry stuff, we have hats and socks and these incredible race day bags that are available. Uh, you can go to the pedal industry store and look under collections, and there will be a big wheel coaching collection. So if there's anything there, and then just uh, kind of know, know that the next couple of weeks we're going to have some events coming up. Coach Joy is going to be at the Bike the Coast event there at the beginning of November. We're going to be at El Gravelero a, up in Bakersfield this weekend. There's a great century going on with our friends over at Ice Speed Racing there on Saturday down in Temecula. This Saturday, the, uh, what's that? Oh, I'd say it's the 18th, 19th, I'm sorry. Okay, so that's going on. And then uh, just long-range thinking, it's almost time for the Big Wheel Coaching Turkey Camp. Uh, I think it's edition 5.0, so think about that for Thanksgiving. We always have four days of riding, so be looking to hear what's going on there. So thank you, everyone, for listening. Please let us know what you think. Check out the podcast, and uh, thanks so much for being a part of the crew. We appreciate it so much.